Hello everyone, welcome to the International Business Podcast. If you work across time zones, borders and cultures, this is the show for you. I'm Leonardo, founder and host of the show, but let's make it simple and just call me Leo. I'm based in Shanghai and I'm accompanied by two co-hosts, Stefano, based in Paris, and Audrey from San Francisco. Coming up on today's episode. We are a product of our social environment, so we laugh at things that other people don't. So recognizing cultural differences is so important. When you have crisis situations, being on multiple markets, that could be the best thing that can happen to any company. Because if one market is slightly saturating or easing down, there are other markets that will be thriving. Levent is the co-founder of TTC We Translate, a multi-award winning translation and localization company. He is the author of Good Business in Any Language, How to Thrive in Global Markets. He has been in the language industry for three decades and he is a Prince to Qualify project manager, mentor and a visiting lecturer at the University of Essex. You can find more information about Levent in the show notes. Enjoy this episode led by co-host Stefano. Hello, Levant. Uh, welcome to the show. I am very glad to have you on. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me, Stefano. Why would you define yourself as an international professional? Well, I'm originally from Turkey, but I've been living and working in the UK for nearly 46 years. And uh, branch office in Turkey, I have customers working with um, dozens of international clients and also external partners scattered around the world. So I feel that I'm a truly international person. Turkish living in the UK, everybody in business speaks English, but how about local languages? Well, I mean, there are over six and a half thousand languages in the world. One of my customers used to say, we love our mother tongues because we love our mothers. I, it, it truly resonates with me. Yes, everybody speaks English to communicate, to promote themselves, but it is more like a transactional purposes. When it comes to receiving information and making decisions on that information, 80% of people prefer their own language. So it is the, the native language is so relevant to connect with our target audience. Talking about languages, what about the cultural differences? Why should we recognize them and respect them? It might sound a, a silly question, but I really want your perspective on this. Absolutely not. Actually, that question is so incredibly relevant because when it comes to cultures, what I noticed is that there's no right or wrong, what is funny to one culture is not funny at all for another culture. Now, is there anything wrong on any of the parties? Absolutely not, because um, we are a product of our social environment. So we laugh at things that other people don't. So recognizing cultural differences is so important, but not for business, for, for anything. When you go for a holiday, you know, um, if you expect to be, uh, if you expect to behave 
as you do in your home country, chances are there will be frictions. I mean, one good example is perhaps silence or another one is uh, that strikes me is how we shake hands. Firm shake hand is known to be a good sign of you know, sincerity, mostly in Western cultures, but in Far East cultures, it's not the case because handshakes is not one, one thing for sure, it's not customary, and a firm handshake could be taken as a, as a sign of aggression. So when it comes to cultures, respecting and recognizing the differences is the most important thing. What about if we apply these customs, these, these cultural sort of differences and, and point of meeting as well, if we apply them to the business side? So can you, could you tell me um, about, I don't know, like five or three or five habits of major global brands and how do they do that? How could we apply them to other businesses as well? Some brands thrive globally, but others don't. Some go really long distances, connect with their customers, whatever, which, whichever the country they are operating, some brands don't. So when I look at them over the years, I recognized, I mean, I recognize this from the global brands as well as from our customers who have been successfully trading globally. It is possible to summarize them into a five habits that they seem to be following religiously. One of them is that the global brands are successful because they are growth oriented. So the growth to them is not an accidental thing or is a luxury. That's what they want right from the start. The second habit that I come across is the, they all have a global mindset and they encourage their teams to develop global mindset and act accordingly. Third habit is, what we were talking about earlier, they understand and respect their new market's language and culture. Whatever the culture requirements are, they adapt to that. And that's how they connect. Because if you go to a Lego store in any country, you get the same atmosphere, same interest, same reception. Why? Because they adjust everything accordingly. It's not like you walk into a British store or American store. You walk into a store that is embracing your culture and you do, it is the product you want. So there's no friction. The fourth one is that they make their customers' life easier. How do they do this? To the packaging, the coloring, the, the unit price. It's not a luxury to be able to make a payment in your local currency. It makes life so much easier. There's no currency exchanges. People want a product. Then they may go extra lengths to do everything possible, but we're not talking about a huge number of people. So if you want to connect with customers, we need to make their life easier. And the fifth one is perhaps is another a manifestation of their recognition and respect of cultures is that they create products for the local markets. So they don't just take a product that is successful in their own country and then repackage it for the new, new, new customers. They don't. 
KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken. They do afternoon tea in Shanghai. Dunkin' Donuts do a seaweed, I mean, uh, they do a seaweed donut in China. So, you know, what they, they serve their customers what they want. So those five traits will, will make, I think that these are really applicable to any company. This episode is sponsored by International Expansion Explained. Are you looking to expand internationally, but you're not sure where to start? Or you export already, but would like to venture further overseas? Reach out to arrange an international clarity session and learn more about growth plans at katherinereed.com. That is K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-R-E-A-D.com. And thank you for that. And I just wanted to remember that um, you're the author of the book, Good Business in Any Language. Who should read it? And uh, what is the main lesson that the readers will, will get? The book is about international trade. And, and the book is about showing the way that global growth is possible for any company. The book talks about the habits of those global brands. And, but most importantly, it talks about a methodology that needs to be applied so that all boxes are ticked. And this is from the start of the, you know, uh, the market research to understanding the market, getting the product right for the market, and also getting the product to the customer. And afterwards, dealing with the mitigating circumstances. Who would be the uh, ideal audience? Any small to medium-sized business that would like to grow globally, want to go into new markets or they're just starting, the book will show certain um, principles and methodology that they will find it helpful in implementing. What they will learn is really that the necessity to apply a methodology because Successful global brands are successful because they strictly follow a methodology and they don't just stop it. When they are successful, they continue with it. Did you know that uh, Nestle, one of the biggest um, food companies in the world, in the UK, I think they have, they have a brand called uh, KitKat. I believe there are three or four different flavors of KitKat. In Japan, do you know how many flavors they have? That's a tricky question. I would say I would go with 27. They realized that the, the flavors are very important in Japan. They actually have 360, over 360 flavors for KitKat. And what they do is they also do a regional flavors. And apparently it is not, a, um, it is not unknown that people actually travel to a certain region to get that KitKat flavor. And their success in Japan wasn't just accidental because they, they, they studied it, they understood the culture, they respected it, and they, they served their customers with what they require. In Japan, again, Nestle is, is amazing. They have sleep cafes to, to uh, market their you know, Nescafe, Gold Blend. And they have sleep cafes, sleep cafes because, you know, because the Japanese working culture is a lot different than, than the West. And, you know, having a quick nap during lunch break 
energizes them and they realize that it is, uh, it's not uncommon. So they formed this sleep cafes. I think there's still one operating in, to in Tokyo. The people go and have their coffee, have a quick nap, and then go back to work. Wow, I didn't know that. These are all very, so that's, that's like innovation going, going at full speed. And, and this is such a big company, the biggest, one of the biggest food companies in the world, they are not stopping innovating. Do you think that the pandemic somehow hindered this global expansion for also for startups, maybe not just big companies, or is there any silver lining? I'm, I'm asking this everybody and I want some silver lining out of this. <laughs> well, it's, it's, I mean, this pandemic has shown us a lot of, um, a lot of interesting things. One of which is that certain companies continue thriving and certain companies didn't. And that applied to startups as well. As I said, I'm, I'm originally from Turkey, but this, this startup is a Turkish startup called Getir, which means bring it to me. So they, this is basically a grocery, grocery delivery service. And they're currently valued at $800 million. So they, they're expected to be a unicorn in a few months time. And, um, and this, is a, this is a startup, it's only, if I'm not mistaken, only a few years old. And pandemic didn't stop them, not just continuing with their operations, but also expanding to other countries. So the, the mindset is so important. When certain brands see threats around them, they don't stop innovating. They don't stop, you know, because of their global mindset, they continue with the innovation. And the best part is, Stefano, about the, you know, when you have crisis situations, being on multiple markets, that could be the best thing that can happen to any company. Because if one market is slightly saturating or easing down, there are other markets that will be thriving. So being on multiple markets is actually the best cure against any sort of pandemic or any sort of market crisis. Okay, this is the best part of these conversations. I've got one final question that we ask everyone who comes on the show. And I want to know from you, if we could, uh, one memorable moment from your international, very international career. The, the most successful one, the, 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 the most embarrassing one, the most catastrophic, the funniest, you, you pick. I'll, I'll tell you the one that, that's kind of upset me, that is, I still think about it. And it is about, I won't tell which country they are from, because they are my existing connections. And now knowing what I know, I must have upset them unintentionally. Because um, what happened was um, we went for a meal, but I kind of initiated the meal. So I was under the impression that I will take the bill. So that was like, for me, it was like, yeah, I'll pay the bill, you know, what else, you know, come on. You're my customer, you're my connection. We met in a, in a, in a, in a faraway country. It was not, it was, we were in a country that neither of, it was neither of our countries. And uh, so I said, but I invited them. So, and at the time of paying the bill, I should have taken, I should have allowed my counterpart to, to make the move. And then so that I could actually do the payment. But 
I did it in a way that, ah, oh, no, no, come on, you know, your money is not good here type of, which I thought was, was interesting at the time. I'm just going back like 15 years. Uh, so, yes, now I'm thinking about this now and I'm thinking I could have done this a lot better in a way that that would not cause any, I mean, they, did, they didn't show any reaction, but then those cultures are so considerate, you know? Okay, and now... I'm, I'm not going to ask the country because you don't want to say, <laughs> can we narrow it down? Just, just the continent, just well, give us. The I think, I think the most important thing really, because it could happen to any other time. But what I've learned from this is that next time I'm with any other culture that I'll be more observing the body language. I will be, you know, there's no rush. There's no need to be rushed because there we are there because we both want, want to be there. You know, so that, that needs to be no rush, inspecting, you know, observing the body language and, and maybe asking confirming questions. Do you mind if I take the bill? Do you mind? You know, it'll be, it'll be my honor to take the bill. You know, so knowing what I know now, so that's, 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 what, I will, that's what I will do. Levin, before we go, who should connect with you and if you could tell us a little bit more about your current role? As you mentioned, I'm, I'm the author of Good Business in Any Language. I'm a co-founder of a localization company called TTCV Translate. And I'd love to connect with people who are in international trade, would like to find out more, would like to share their information because I love learning, I love sharing. So anyone within that mindset that I'd love to connect with them. It doesn't have to be based on transaction, you know, transactional model. It could be sharing information, supporting, because the world is small and we have platforms nowadays like LinkedIn, you know, Instagram, Facebook, and supporting sharing information is so important for me. So I'd love to connect with people who share the same values. And I'll, I'll go even further. This is the only thing that will probably save our species, <laughs> the sharing of knowledge and information and connection in this, how you, you said it perfectly, very small word. Absolutely. Levin, I really want to thank you for your insights. Thank you so much for joining us on the International Business Podcast. Thank you very much, Stefana. Pleasure is all mine. You can find the podcast on all the major platforms. Make sure to subscribe. Do not miss the weekly episodes. And are you an international professional? Connect with us on LinkedIn to come on the show. For now, cheers.